Hello there, this is the second episode of our new podcast from Retina UK, Blindingly Chatty. My name is Laura Tyler and I am the communications intern at Retina UK. Today I am once again with Mark Baxter, who is the information and support coordinator at Retina UK. And today we're going to be discussing the impact of sight loss on our dreams, which has actually turned out to be a very interesting subject for both of us to study. Thanks very much for having us uh, on your podcast today, uh, Laura. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating subject and it's, it's something that has intrigued me for many years living with progressive sight loss. So for me, at a younger age, I had vision where I could perceive the world, people, as well as hear, smell and touch, feel um, and use and monopolize all the other senses. So are my dreams a collection of all of those, you know, um, and subconscious memories, which are visual, you know, and opposed to for yourself, you know, who um, I know you can explain um, your sight loss. Mm. I'm still living with progressive sight loss. So I'm now at the point where I don't have the capabilities to see the world as sighted people can. You know, mm. um, I can only see shapes. I can't see faces. I can't see the world around me as I used to. 30 years ago or even 20 years ago um but am I still using my experiences visually in my dreams or is it now more shifted to the way that you perceive dreams um and manifest and, man and manipulate dreams using the other senses like sense of touch the sense of smell the sense mm. of hearing you know and the sense of taste mm. so you know how how do you perceive your dreams and how do you think that they impact you yeah um it's a very interesting question because I've had quite a few quite vivid dreams within my lifetime which has had a lot of different content so a lot of my dreams have no visual component whatsoever because I lost my sight when I was so young um, with my retinopathy of prematurity. Um, you know, I was only about six weeks old, if not younger, when I lost my sight. So it was so young that I do not remember any of it at all. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of my dreams have uh, senses of touch. Uh, you know, I can touch a lot of things. And if I'm outside, I can feel the wind on my face. And in fact, um, a, great, a great example of this was a dream I had last night where I was on a bus with a bunch of people. God knows where we were going. Oh, yeah, we were. <laughs> I do remember where we were going. We were going to a restaurant. Um for some reason and we were going to be eating outside and it was you know it's going to be a really nice meal with a whole bunch of people and I remember being on this bus and you know I, I was having conversations with the people around me and things like that 
I could sort of uh, smell the, the bus, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I mean, I've been on buses before, so may maybe that's why. But um, yeah, depending on, you know, who's on the bus or if there's um, quite an old engine on the bus, things like that, you know, can all contribute to uh, what what you might smell while on the bus. And for me, that bus was just a, a normal bus uh, with, you know, quite a few sort of faint smells in the air, but nothing distinctive or particularly sort of pleasant or unpleasant, things like that. Mm. Um, that's quite sort of bland. And then when we got off the bus, um, I was being guided by um, by an older woman, I think. Uh, she wasn't anyone from my life, as far as I could tell. But um, yeah, she was just this made up character. And I gotten off the bus and I could feel the wind on my face. Um, I could smell this sort of uh, exhaust type smell that buses sometimes emit. And, um, you know, and because we were near a road, I could, uh, you know, I, I could smell the exhaust fumes as well. And when we went into the uh, to, into the outside part of the restaurant, I could hear all the chatter. I could hear uh, all, all the plates and the cutlery and I could smell I could actually smell the food. And it was actually quite a sweet smell, like quite a few people were having their desserts. <laughs> and um yeah and and I, and I could hear the wind as well you can actually um listen to the wind against your ears and things like that or at least I can so and I, I you know I could feel the ground under my feet and I could feel the arm that I was holding and things like that so basically um yeah my dreams are very much a sensory experience and I did actually eat in that dream as well and the food was very nice um I had some bread rolls and uh all sorts of other things and yeah they tasted delicious so <laughs> yes um very very sensory um with not a lot of visual components although every few years or so um, I tend to have a particularly vivid dream and these dreams are very vivid um, where there is in fact a visual component and a lot of people who are listening to this are probably thinking well how can that be you know and in fact when I did research on this um, the Sleep Foundation as well as a bunch of other websites they actually said well other blind people you know who've been blind for all their lives or soon after birth like me um they have actually reported having some visual content in some of their dreams so the world as we see it is you know it, it's what we imagine it to be so we basically construct our own world based on our perceptions, based on what we might imagine colours to look like, for example, and um, based on what, what we might perceive vision to be like. So um, I think that is why I have those sorts of dreams. And when those dreams happen, um, they are not only vivid, but they tend to be quite significant in some way as well um at least most of the time 
I've had plenty of experiences of, you know, visual dreams sort of every few years, but most of my dreams do not have any visual content in whatsoever. It, it, it was actually quite interesting when you said um, in your dream, you um, you got off the bus and immediately that you you grabbed someone's arm because they were guiding you. So mm. <clears throat> even in your subconscious, you are a blind person mm -hmm. living in a blind dream world as well mm. as the real world yeah. or the or the, or the um, you know actively conscious world. My dreams are so different. I in my dreams, um, all I can describe it as I am living like for now. I'm at the stage of my retinitis pigmentosa where um, I'm saturated by glare and very very bright light. My eyes are extremely light sensitive, and mm. it's walking around in complete fog. You know, indoors and outdoors, it's complete fog. I um I cannot see faces. You know, um I have to be guided um during the day as well as the night. I've always had night blindness, and I've always mm. had um very very poor peripheral vision, and that was right from a child. Um, but funny enough, that is something that's never been an impact of my dreams, even even then, and it's very very bizarre that I, I have very, very few dreams where I'm out at night. Mm. But when I am out at night, I can see perfectly clear, you know, mm. um, and I can walk down a dark alleyway in a dream and not need to hold on to anyone. And I need, to, and I know I've got full spatial awareness of where things are. And that is very, very strange to me because mm. I've never been able to do that. Now, is that all of my imagination or is it some conscious collaboration of all of my past memories during the day like I imagine myself walking up this alleyway during the day but then I've actually overlapped it with a memory of me being guided up that alley in the dark and I've kind of merged them together and it's kind of I'm walking up that alleyway at night on my own and yeah. it goes and it's the same for a lot of other and I and I perceive my every single dream that I have mm. it is in crystal clear super you know ultra hd mm. it's like i've reverted back to a world where everything is crystal sharp you know um from people's faces to their expressions you know um to corners of tables everything is such bright you know the dreams where i've been running as fast as i possibly can you know and and move around people and to me it's like a step back to a world where I had freedom, I had independence, you know, mm. and I could see the world for what it was. A lot of people tell me, is that a cruel trick that your brain is playing on you as to say mm. that you are for eight, nine hours every single day, you're in this world where you can see, you can touch, you know, you can catch a ball, you know, the other day a ball come over to me and I caught it one hand just out of nowhere. Never been able to do that for a long mm. time. And, I, and I've, it felt amazing to be able to do that, you know. And um, and I think it was my mum. She said, is, is that not unfair? You know, and that, that you wake up and you're back to where you are now. And, mm. and I kind of said, no, it's the complete opposite because mm. for eight hours every night 
I can step back into a world which I loved to be in, you know, and it just gave me that, it gives me that sense of being independent again, you know, where it's, I'm, I'm independent in my own dream state and my own subconscious and my mm. own REM sleep, you know, and, and it just, and then I, I wake up and think, Do you know what? I enjoyed that dream. Um, and, and it, mm. most of the dreams I can remember, and then they become a part of your active memory. You know, it's like the dream I had last night. I can still remember what I did in that dream, you know, and who I was with. And it was very random, but I could still remember it. It's clear as, clear as day, you know. And um, so for me, it's not a cruel trick. It's just mm. a way, you could say, um, to keep your well-being, you know, because yeah. a lot of people find it very frustrating that when they're losing their sight, their sight slowly, and they and they can't relive a world that they used to enjoy it you know for example driving a car and that's one thing i don't think i've ever had a, a dream where i've driven a car no um which is very very strange um mm. i've i've had dreams where i've flown you know yeah. i've actually I, I could fly you know in the and, sky and, and, <laughs> yeah i've yeah, I had those you know flying dreams you know and you think well i've never done that before you know mm. so why haven't i never experienced what it's like being behind the wheel before so yeah, it's. I think it gives me a very, very good sense of well-being, you know, um, because some people find it anxious that they can't see anymore, but it gives me that I'm always going to be able to see where it doesn't matter how bad my vision goes until the mm. point that it disappears completely. Yeah, I can always step back into that virtual reality that I call my mind mm. and re replay memories, create new memories. Um, you know, see Caroline's face again, you know, see my family's faces again and, and you know, and, and see people that I used to go to school with. And it's weird that I can only see their faces from when I was 16. So I'm sitting yeah. in a classroom and I'm I'm 42 mm. and I'm sitting around um, in a classroom with, with people that are only 16 because that was the last time I actually saw their faces. And it's really, really strange that that's how... I'm pulling these collective memories that are mm. 80 years old. It's um, I find it really, really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's interesting as well because, as I say, I'm not, I'm actually not guided in every dream that I have. Sometimes I'm trailing around, like it's a place that I know my way around, or I'm using my cane. Uh, things like that. And in in other dreams, I'm able to navigate um without those like for instance in in my more visual dreams I mean I've had <laughs> I've had some very weird yet exhilarating dreams of me basically being a female Tarzan so I'm talking literally swinging from branches in the trees and swinging from vines and uh sort of in a in a jungle or rainforest type terrain and um sort of really being able to imagine the you know the different colors around me as as I as I swing you know all the different leaves maybe I might see um an exotic creature which I've actually never seen but it could be that because I I have played games where there have been exotic creatures that have been described then I can listen to that description on my screen reader and I can then internalize that and try and imagine what that's like maybe that's why I've had those sorts of dreams but 
I'm into my nature as well. So I do have quite a few nature based dreams. And what's also interesting is that according to a lot of studies, the different ages at which people can lose their sight actually has an impact on how much visual content is in their dreams. So for instance, someone who has lost their sight at quite an early age, maybe from the age of six or seven, they tend to have less visual content than someone who has lost their sight or has started to lose their sight later on in life. So when they're in adulthood, uh, when they're in their 40s, things like that. Um, And I find that quite interesting because there's that sort of suggestion, I suppose, that maybe the, the more visual content we take in, the more visual content there may very well be in our dreams. It is very fascinating. And, and, and there's, there's that shift because I've always perceived that sight is, you would call the dominant sense. You know, um, I, I, there, there is some conjecture between whether hearing, because it's a 360 degree audible surround sound, if you like, mm. and then, you know, um, vision is kind of your peripheral vision. You know, if you're fully sighted, you've got full peripheral vision and then uh, obviously full um, visual acuity as well. Um, and there is some conjecture of which one is going to be the, but I, for me personally, it could be the fact that if because I'm losing my vision, mm-hmm. um, that that I perceive that um, sight loss is is the most dominant sense. So when you start losing that at a different age, it's the other senses. So you would then say hearing would be the next one, you know, yeah. because you can, and then and then so on and so forth. So it, there's that, that that shift balance between what you used to be perceived by sight is now you perceive by hearing you know um sense of smell sense of touch sense of taste you know mm. and and then the other senses that we spoke about in our first podcast you know the sense of danger yeah. the sense of fear and um listening to um a podcast this morning you know there has been right the way through different cultures um a different perception about how we perceive dreams you know um mm. right from aristotle sigmund freud Vincent van Gogh, um, the Egyptians, even the Egyptians said that, that um, dreaming were messages from the gods, you know, um, mm. how they perceived them, whether there was some sort of um, communicative, you know, um, way of perceiving future events. Obviously, we've mm. got things like premonitions, deja vu, you yeah. know, um, we all, we've all had a sense of deja vu or a premonition of like what I a dream that I had the other day you know um I was holding a lottery ticket mm. um for this weekend's lottery you know mm. and now is that telling me that Mark you need to do the lottery this weekend um mm. because there could be a financial gain to it who who mm. knows how we perceive dreams you know but yeah. vividly I saw the date I saw the um you know it's Saturday you know the 24th of um uh you know uh, June now yeah exactly because I had a memory where I did the lottery and I was holding a lottery ticket 
and the fact that it actually has to it coincides with our Retina UK annual conference, mm. um, which is on that day. And my brain has moshed the two together. Who knows? Yeah. You know, but it it could be perceived as a premonition. Mm. You know, um, and it's it's fascinating how through different cultures we've all perceived dreams completely different. You know, there mm. is one chap that um, paints and draws through lucid dreams now a mm. lucid dream is a dream where you in your dream consciously have an awareness that you are in a dream and you have, have that ability to shape a dream manipulate a dream um control a dream or even wake yourself up from that dream if you feel that that dream's not going very well and he's a british artist mm. um and he paints portraits through the perception of someone that, that he has spoken to. Mm. Um, this guy, I believe he cited, but he will have a conversation, get to know that person, and then he will take a pen to bed with him, put it in his pocket, so in his dream he knows that he's got a pen, and then in that dream he will recreate a drawing of that person subconsciously, and then he will then when he's awake he will then recreate that in real time and and then when oh, you wow. actually it's it's very very abstract you know um and and it just goes to show how people use their dreams yeah to do amazing amazing things you know mm. um and it's and I've, I've seen it before where people there was one show that i watched where a guy used to have premonitions of mm. things like plane crashes and it was one story where he had a dream where he woke up and he drew or wrote everything happened in this dream and then right down to the date and the time and then a couple of days later there was an air show where one of the planes come down oh no really absolutely um bizarre you know so it's so weird what people can conceptualize when they dream you know and how mm. real it could be coincidence. A lot of people say, well, that's just sheer coincidence. But then, yeah. you know, if something could be potentially prevented by someone's unsubconscious thoughts, you know, mm. that they're manifesting while they're asleep. And yeah. there's so much research going on, um, you know, as we have found out, you know, uh, in uh, all the way around the world and different scientists, you know, whether it's um, sleep therapists, whether it's psychologists, you know, whether it's neuros, uh, neurobiologists, neuroscientists, all have a different um, understanding of how we dream. And it's still, a lot of time, it's still a mystery of yeah. why we do it, you know, and, and what it is that we're dreaming about, you know, um, you know, is it, one one particular philosopher said, is it a, is it something that we do to prepare ourselves for the future, i.e social interaction because a lot mm. of our dreams they're not solo they're not always on our own we're always surrounded by people whether we've met them whether we've walked past them in the street in our conscious um surrounding mm. but we're always around people to help us perhaps with social interactions social engages to make us a little bit more less anxious about being in social environments now i know mm. people living with sight loss can find being in crowded environments very very um nerve nerve wracking you know and especially when you can't see there's lots going on um yeah and get very anxious around especially um over the last couple of years where people living with sight loss don't have a spatial awareness 
and when you're uh, you can't get close to someone you don't know how that person's going to react so having dreams where you're around people mm. could give you a better understanding and a, and a better sense of calm when you are in that situation for real life but then on yeah. the other flip side of that people um have, have conceptualized that um dreams are a way of preparing you from threats mm. you know the fight or flight response you know you know mm. um and help you do things because there's times when i've been in a, I, I and i'll be completely i have no idea how to fight right mm. because i'm blind you know and i and you know and to be able to protect and you know defend mm. i wouldn't stand a chance but in my dreams i'm doing things that i had no idea that mm. i could do you know anything anything from martial arts and i haven't done karate a couple of lessons when i was like eight years old yeah am i using things that i've learned from tv films that i've watched books that i've read and as me, I'm defending, you know, having a, um, a a battle or something like that. I'm thinking I'm doing things that I've never been able to do before. Even yeah, it's just bizarre to having that ability to be able to do things that you could actually mm. bring back into real life. Should you ever be in that situation where you would mm. need to defend or need to protect, you mm. know, um, could I do it? Would I be able to relive those dreams? Yeah, to be able to um, to 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 do that task and it can go from anything from creativity to imagination you know mm. they say people that have lucid dreams are much better creative uh, um you know creators they're much better problem solvers you know mm. um strategical thinkers you know and and i'm just i'm gonna put this across to you you know the dreams that you've had do mm. you feel that one that like swinging from the trees for example how did that make you feel that you had the ability to be able to do that? And do you think you'd be able to swing through trees for real? You know, if you had the opportunity to go on an adventure a, a weekend, you know, would you feel that you would have the confidence to be able to swing through trees or jump off of a high wire or, you know, do something that would normally put you out of your comfort zone, you know, because you've had mm. that dream and you've had that experience? Um, well, I have I have swung from monkey bars before um, and sort of ropes, things like that. Um, in terms of actual trees, I'm not 100 percent sure because obviously I might not as easily be able to tell if I'm putting my weight on a brittle branch, for example. Um, although I think I think even sighted people would have that problem um, to an extent. So um Honestly, I'm not 100% sure. But one thing that I will say is that I probably wouldn't be as confident as I was in that dream. Because it felt to me, I felt almost weightless, you know, I could I had, I don't know whether I had supreme upper body strength, or if I was genuinely almost weightless. But either way, I could very easily swing from those branches and vines and it was it was quite exhilarating you know being being out there you know smelling smelling the trees and the plants around me and listening to to the nature around me and feeling the wind across my face as I swung um you know it just just because there are visual aspects it it doesn't mean that any of my other senses are dimmed 
Um, it's always a sense, you know, a very sensory experience for me um, with my dreams. And uh, what one other thing that I will say is just because you're blind, it doesn't mean you can't defend yourself because I uh, I do judo. And in fact, there is a blind person in America who um, he's a black belt in karate. So, yeah, just just because you're blind, it doesn't mean you can't learn to defend yourself. I actually took part in some self-defense classes um, as well when I was at school. So and I, I actually think that it's uh, it's really important. But going back to the subject at hand, I think that having having those sorts of dreams, you know, preparing for uh, social situations or threats, things like that, that is definitely one way of interpreting dreams. And I've had some really weird dreams where I've been I've been protecting somebody um, or an animal or something from from a threat at hand or I'm protecting myself from a threat at hand. And the weirdest thing is I either throw like these really hard, you know, sort of uh, kicks or punches or I even have um, I don't know, like these lightning bolts coming from my hands and things like that, you know, something uh, sort of quite fantasy-ish and things like that. But I, I never, I I don't think I have ever, you know, killed someone in my dreams. I've mm. I've incapacitated, but I've always had that. I don't know whether it's a lucid, it, it, some sort of lucid component going on there because I have never wanted to um to to kill anybody i've always aimed to incapacitate and you know i've always had that conscious awareness of right don't hit them hard enough you know to to permanently damage mm. them but equally this person needs to be taken out you know they need to be incapacitated so that they can't um so they can't hurt me or they can't hurt this person or animal that I am protecting. Mm, so, you know, um, and yeah, it's it is really interesting. But um, it's not in, it, yeah. even 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 in your subconscious, you're you're then um, using the the whole right. You know, you you know subconscious what is right and wrong. You know, you're, yeah, you're still abiding by the laws of what you would. Because sometimes in in dreams, there is there the laws laws of right and wrong sometimes don't apply the laws yeah. of physics sometimes don't apply mm. you know and you know w when you're in a dream you feel you, you do things that you would never do out of you know, you know completely out of character from yeah. um, what you would usually construe as being right and wrong and stuff like that so it just goes to show how dreams can play on your emotions of how you mm. were you know your emotions how you were brought up as a person knowing yeah. not to steal not to do harm you know um right and wrong abide by the law you know but then there are other dreams where you are completely different you're you're out of your usual um character 
before you know when you when you're awake you know so mm. it, it's 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 really it's really bizarre how your dreams can actually change you from one person when you're asleep to mm. the person that you are on a on a daily basis and and sometimes I've had dreams where I've done things and thinking why on earth would I have done that I won't go into detail, <laughs> why on earth yeah. would I have done that you know um you know um and and thinking hang on that is completely out of character for me you know mm. um but at the same time yeah you know you you do things you know or, or I've got abilities which I didn't think I could do or confidence it's, it's more the confidence you know or it's actually impossible to do like the lightning yeah. bolts and the, yeah, yeah, and the magical yeah. shields that, 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 that would be that would be cool but just just you know um going you know just defending yourself you know there was something yeah. that's completely out of character for me you know mm. uh, and and have that that confidence to be able to do something that you wouldn't do in your normal you know waking waking um environment but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is very um you know di uh, different of how we we all perceive different dreams and in, and and to those that are listening if you're, you're fascinated about um dreams and dream studies you know um please do get in touch you know um you can um email us at info at retinauk.org.uk because we'd love to hear your experiences you know and if there's anybody that is listening that are conducting any kind of sleep studies you know um around sight loss and how we are impacted by sight loss on our dreams and how people that are living with different sight loss conditions whether it's progressive like myself um you know or, or from or from an early age like laura then mm. um you know please please do get in touch you know and um or if or if you you do incredible things through your dreams like paint or write or you know or a creative you know again please please do um get in touch it would be um amazing to hear some of your stories from from our community um mm. that you know are sh you know share our our thoughts you know and if you've got different um thoughts then yes it will be nice to, to hear from you but mm. I, I i do um when it comes to to dreaming it, it, it it's something that um yeah you sometimes you, you enjoy having the sleep and you know and some of the dreams that come out of it are like wow you know that was um that was a little bit far-fetched or you know that was a little bit weird but still it's the fact for me is going back to a time where I can actually see everything is is I think the go-to and seeing everything for the first time in in ultra HD you know um crisp sharpness um where I can go back to that world you know and I can relive it for a few hours and then I wake up and I think I've still got that memory, not all the time, but majority of the time, you know, I can go back to those lucid dreams, you know, and um, and do all sorts of, of, of different things, see new, meet new people and um, and still have that memory to, to wake up with. Um, yeah, I would love to do myself a dream study because, like I said at the very beginning, it's, it's a, a concept that we still find so mysterious, mm. you know, and there are doing so many different things. Um, of how we can train our dreams, we can manipulate our dreams, understand our dreams, and also communicate. And this is something that um, a bit of research that I found, they're actually doing communications with people that are dreaming, with the people that are actually doing the studies and finding ways of communicating with people through 
simple arithmetic um, mm. phrases, um, single words where, you know, um, where people can respond with things like eye movement and um, using their other senses. So breathing heavily, you know, can indicate someone is bit, you know, it could be someone is talking in an intense to you in situation. Yeah, or... someone, someone's talk. Yeah, someone's talking to you. Mm. And, and it's happened to me before where you're asleep, but you can hear sounds around you. Yeah, you know, yeah, which come into your dream, and people are mm. talking. And they actually said when these people have woken up, and they said, "Right, w- could you hear me?" And they say, "Yes, um, I could hear you." And they said, well, where did you hear me from? He said, well, your voice was coming in my dream through the radio because I was sitting in my car or your um, your voice was coming. And someone said from the ceiling, you know, as like yeah. a, a voice. So it's it's really ha- it's really um, wonderful to see there are so many scientists and so many clever um, individuals out there trying to understand why we dream, you know, mm. and what kind of emotional impact it has. Now, for many of us, dreams are, um, or our subconscious hallucinatory, hallucinatory um, imagery that we we manifest when we're asleep is is sometimes you know we have daydreams we have uh, REM sleep dreams we have lucid dreams we you know um, and then Charles Bonnet things like well, that coming, yeah Charles Bonnet I was coming to um, and um, but before we, we we tap onto Charles Bonnet, you know, you've got your nightmares, which you kind of you you have while you're sleeping. But then mm. Charles Bonnet um, is something where our you could say a dream, or they, they're more hallucinations um, which come mm. to us during the day, and it it could be anything from um, float in heads and animals and colours and everything like that, which from from what i've heard um is not always a good place to be in so it's not always a fantastic place that we relive these memories and our imagination through mm. our dreams which nine out of ten times are usually quite pleasant you know you might have to run nightmare or one random um part of a dream which f- freaks you out and which you, you wake yourself up from mm. but it, the, the people that are living with cps or charles bonnet syndrome where they cannot switch it off you know and the subconscious part of the brain when you are losing your sight manifests you know the, these images and if there is anybody that is listening um uh, to our podcast today that is um experiencing cbs then um please do get in touch with um retina uk um and speak to um one of our members of staff or one of our volunteers um we will be able to support you with that so you know drop us a line um on 0300 4000 if you are experiencing issues with with cbs um and you want to talk about you know how you can manage cbs um then you know we can put you in touch with one of our trained volunteers or drop us a, an email again on um, info at retinauk.org.uk we have trained volunteers that can help with Charles Bonnet and we can also signpost you to other organisations as well that can offer mm. support services if it's something that is becoming an issue yeah CBS is, is a completely part of the spectrum and why do people get CBS you know mm. uh, you think that the brain does so much when it's asleep 
it becomes active, so active, you know, to to conjure up these images, these dreams, these scenarios. It's like your brain is putting all your memories and all your imagination into one movie mm. and then it's projecting it through into this real life virtual re reality environment which you can see you can smell you can taste you can touch mm. you know it's like tinnitus and but a, vi yeah. a visual version i mean why why do people get tinnitus you yeah. know um and and things like that when they've lost uh some of their hearing uh in fact what one of my friends um she she lost some of her hearing unfortunately due to um an episode caused by an autoimmune disease and she uh she has tinnitus uh, i don't know whether she still has it but certainly at the beginning she definitely had tinnitus and mm -hmm. It, it's like you know what why is that why do people get tinnitus why do mm. people get charles bonnet you know mm. it's it's there's obviously a part of the brain there that is is uh filling gaps but for mm. whatever reason it tries to fill in those gaps mm -hmm. yeah it is and, and we we had um a fascinating web uh a webinar um last year um i believe it was either january or february's webinar where we had a guest speaker and it was all about um, CBS and how to manage it and how to understand um, the effects, why it's mm. happening, why are you seeing these twirly colours, why are you seeing this imagery, you know, why are people manifesting, you know, there in front of you in the, you know, in the middle of the day, you know, it's not always a nighttime thing or when you're out mm. on the street, you know, um, so, you know, please jump onto our website and um, and check out that webinar um, all about CBS. Um, if that is something that um, you have an interest in or if you know someone that has mentioned they are seeing hallucinations that they can't switch off, um, no matter how hard they close their eyes or they think about something else, you know, they just keep on seeing mm. these, these, these shapes, this imagery, you know, um, and why, did, why does it occur, you know? Um, and, and what, why does that part of the brain still feel like it has to subject someone that that is living with sight loss, living with sight loss, these images, you know, mm. um, and it could be the same for when we dream, you know, why don't, why, why aren't our dreams so vivid, you know, is it to help us with our well-being, you know, um, because some people going back, a lot of people find it very, very difficult to, uh, to cope with the, the progression of um sight loss you know from the time they've had good sight to the time that they think oh my god what's the future going to hold for me i'm not going to be able to see my family i'm not going to be able to drive my car go to work you know how long mm. is it going to be you know for the time that that you may not always completely lose your vision you know yeah. um, but it'd be different to the, to the time where you can't conceive the world as you would do you yeah. know 20 20 years ago for, for mm. some you know that is that when you say um you mentioned um uh, filling in the blanks filling in the gaps and I think sometimes that's what it's for I to me it definitely helps with my well-being you mm. know that I I can always go back to a world where I can see my loved ones I can see my friends I can run I can jump I can catch mm. you know um and do all of those things in a world where I don't need to, and the, um, I don't need to be guided at all. There's times when yeah. I'm walking around with my cane, but I don't need my cane. I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware, and I've even said, "Well, I can't see you because I'm blind." 
and I've mm. even said this in a dream but I could see everything I can you know it's, it's so bizarre it's like in my dreams sometimes I feel like I'm a bit of a fraud you know because <laughs> I'm, I'm walking around with a white cane, you know, um, and, you know, I'm saying that I'm blind, but I don't need to be guided and I can see everyone, but I'm still living in a world where, and I think that's where my real world is coming into my dream world. It's saying, I, I'm yeah. like when you got off your bus, you needed to hold on to someone because that's what you've always done in your real life. But it is, it, it is, it is a weird combination of how we mix um, mm. manipulate um and just collaborate between these two different worlds you know and I and yeah I, I, I and I, I'm grateful for the, the dreams that I have you know because it really does put me in a really good place that mm. I've got you know and I don't see, ever see it as a negative I'll never ever wake mm. up thinking I, I can't see anymore you know I, I, I wish I could go back to that place where I could catch a ball and, and stuff like that yeah but I know in in 16 hours time I will be back in that place you know mm. um looking at things seeing things hearing things smelling things tasting things you know um mm. feeling all sorts of other senses and stuff like that in my dream so it is it is really fascinating you know um I think and, to, and also to to listen to your perspective mm. on dreams as well yeah definitely and I think a positive attitude in in my opinion even though I haven't been through the same experiences as many of our community, I really do think that a positive attitude is the best way to look on it because, you know, in, in my opinion, that there's there's not much point in uh, waking up and thinking, oh, I wish this and I wish that because at the end of the day, I know this is easier said than done um, probably, but you know, wishing won't get you anywhere. And I think just, you know, being in that experience and when when that experience does happen, you know, I think I think looking at it positively is definitely the best way to go because otherwise you're just gonna um you know wake up and feel miserable basically. And that that's not uh that's not really a good mindset to be. So um yeah, I, I really do think that uh, thinking thinking positive and uh, looking try trying to find a positive outlook on it uh, if you're struggling with that at the moment, um, you know I I think that's I think that's the best way to go about it. You know it can remind you of of maybe uh, maybe what you had. It can remind you that you know it it's I suppose it is a reminder, but it, it's also uh, I don't know a bridge I suppose you know because people so some people might start having dreams of uh, when they're not you know when that when their vision has gone a bit more and if that's the case then just just let it happen you know just just let it because at the end of the day um, you know you don't want your dreams controlling how you feel um, you know, and I, I think that is a very important point to uh, to get across to people. You know, just just let just let the dreams happen, and just let them be. Um, but also, if you do have, if you are able to lucid dream, then take advantage of that as well. You know, um, do what you like. I think is is uh, the main message that I'm getting across I here. Think, I 
Yeah, I think touching touch um on that um and I and I feel if people, especially if you've been recently diagnosed, mm. um, to experience as many different sensory experience is that you can, you know, um, build up a repertoire of memories, you know, mm. because when your vision starts to deteriorate you will find that your dreams will get more immersive now um, and i and i i'm only going by my own experiences everybody is going to be different everyone's got a yeah. different psyche everyone's got a different personality everybody dreams in a, in a slightly different way and and we always say it, we, we're saying that dreams are always positive and obviously we've touched on the fact that dreams are not always um you know rainbows and sunshine you know mm. they 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 do have a a darker content but you know it's sometimes it's always good to just try and do use different experiences explore different places you know build mm. up this recordings of all these places you've been to because mm. for me I feel that the places I've been the, the people that I've spoken to the experiences that I've gained through my life are helping me with my the, the progression of my sight loss and it's actually helping me control the fact that my sight loss is deteriorating and it has deteriorated over the last 10 years but then I can still go back to this world um of these record you know um where my my mind has taken these memories these recordings my imaginations my experiences what I've learned and can replay me a different movie every single night mm. really does help me um so you know all I can say from my own personal perspective is to just live your life how you want to live it you know mm. spend it with the people that you want to spend it with you know engage in as much as you possibly can because the reward is going to be limitless you know mm. when you come to lose your sight not completely or or when you hit a, what we'll call a new impact point and you know you do have these memories um and this imagination and this creativity and and not only that you can learn from your your dreams as well you can get so much from them you know mm. it might make you a better person it might make you a better thinker um it might help with problem solving you know um it could it could make help you overcome a fear you know because mm. sometimes in dreams Going back to um, different um, senses, you mm. do have a heightened sense of confidence, a, a, a heightened sense of uh, fearlessness. You know, you mm. feel like you're bolder. You know, like you said in your dream, you would feel very uncomfortable swinging from tree to tree um, because you're worried something might break. You know, mm. um, that you, you're, you're you're branching on the negative aspect of what could happen you know but in a dream it's all well I'm swinging from from rope to rope and I'm enjoying it and I'm, I've got this confidence and stuff like that so mm. it does help build different um emotions and stuff like that and now with the people that are listening we're not actually expecting you to go out to a forest and start swinging from tree to tree <laughs> you know it's um but it might help you overcome a fear like for example isolation you know or loneliness you know or confidence to start a new uh, point of your sight loss journey like and mm. it could be anything from cane training meeting new people in a peer group um mm. 
you know publicly going out with your cane or publicly yeah, going out with your guide dog yeah, um, any any anything um which mm. could you know because there's a lot of times that i'm out and about and i'm on my own and i've got the confidence to do it you know in some respect does that manifest back onto me when i'm a, when i'm awake um and it, it's given me the confidence to go out of my cane without being guided you know um yeah the fact that i can walk up to the shops you know the fact that um you know um i can start a new job or change mm. my job because sometimes these are a lot of things that people find worrying mm. you know when they hit a new impact point and if anybody is at the moment uh, that's listening struggling with anything that we've discussed about um and it could be anything to do with well-being um or cbs you know or impact points then mm. please do get in touch you know we have a multiple of services where we can support our community um, with their well-being, um, with um, any any aspects of their sight loss where they need um, to talk to somebody, please do get in contact with us, um, and you know we can support you. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's just that that is that is my my uh, perception of um, how I, as a visually impaired person that's living with progressive sight loss, perceives how I see dreams and i do mm. see them and, and i was going to ask you you know it's i, I i'm fascinated fascinated about how you interpret it how you see dreams because mm. i see them as i'm watching a movie like i've just put on a vr headset mm. and i see 360 degrees around me um mm. you know everything like i would do as if i'm awake yeah. And it, 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 it fascinates me speaking to you today, uh, Laura, how you do the same and you see in a different way. It, yeah. it, I, I find it um, absolutely astonishing and absolutely amazing that you've shared your experiences with us today. Mm. Yeah, well, thank, thank you very much. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you uh, with me today on this podcast. And uh, I think that's a I think that's a brilliant place to end this episode today. So thank you very much for having us. Yeah, and thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll have our third episode coming out fairly soon. And until then, take care. Bye bye.